Jesus. Hallelujah. Is it on? Am I on? Can you hear me? Wonderful. It's so good to be with you this morning at Family Life Church. I want to thank Pastor Chris for the amazing opportunity to be able to speak to you today. Thank you for your friendship and your trust, my friend. You know, so it's a big thing for a pastor. He's the shepherd of the house, you know. Shepherds are protective of their sheep, right? So to, to trust someone else to come in and feed them, that's a big thing. So I'm honored. Thank you for your trust and your friendship, my friend. We, we, had, we had a wonderful first service, really a powerful move of God in the first service, and I'm expecting for greater things still. Amen? How many of you know we serve a big God? We serve a miracle-working God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God who parted the Red Sea and let out the, uh, let out the Israelites out of Egypt is the same God who's here this morning to part your sea. Whatever obstacles in your way, he's here today to make a difference in your life. Amen? So I'm believing God for bodies to be healed this morning. I'm believing God for bondages to break this morning. Whatever need, I don't, I don't know what your problem is, but I know the answer. His name is Jesus. Amen. Whatever needs you have this morning, if you've been dealing with anxiety, depression, addiction, whatever, I'm believing God that thing is going to break today in Jesus' name. Amen. So I got a lot to say, church. I'm, I'm not good at being brief. It's my biggest weakness. Uh, but you got to have understanding for me because, you know, I go over to Africa and, and they say, can you preach for three hours? I'm like, yeah, give me a microphone, point me to the pulpit. Let's go. Right. But then I come back to America and they say, can you preach for 30 minutes? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I promise to do my best. Right? <laughs> but we got a lot to get through. I know it's my first time here, so I just want to share very briefly about the ministry, but then I want to get into the word as quickly as possible. But my name is Jesse Comrie. I lead a missions organization called Global Renewal. And really, we have two primary focuses. The first focus is we want to see souls saved and churches planted around the world. So we do big evangelistic crusades with thousands of people people who are in attendance, and, and we plant churches uh, primarily in Muslim and Hindu places and Buddhist places. Uh, we really, our heart at Global Renewal is to go to the, to the most unreached, darkest places that we can get to on earth and turn on the lights of the gospel. That's our heart. You know, when I hear of places like that, that, that are 90% Christian, I'm like, why do they need me? Yeah, I want to go to the 0% Christian places and preach the gospel to those who have never heard. Amen. We actually, I actually just got back uh, like a week ago. I just got back from Nepal. And I don't know if you know anything about Nepal, but Nepal is a very dark place. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a Hindu nationalist country. It's the only one in the world that's, that's from the government, Hindu nationalist. Not even India is Hindu nationalist. It's a communist government, right? So the two worst things you can have in a government, right? <laughs> there's a, there's a strict anti-conversion laws, right? And, and so people, actually a pastor, right after I left, went to prison, got sentenced to years in prison just for, for preaching the gospel. So everything that we do in Nepal is completely illegal, right? And, and, and we were just there for two weeks. And, and even in spite of all that, we saw 100 first-time decisions for Christ and many more recommitments. We saw people healed. We saw miracles, demons cast out, all sorts of amazing things. And really the highlight from the trip for me is that we got to go to a rural village 
that is completely unreached, uh, like completely unreached. Like these people, I got to preach to people who have never heard of Jesus, right? And, and even the ones there who may have heard the name of Jesus, the extent of what they heard is there's some foreign God named Jesus. That's all they've ever heard, right? And so I got to go into this village that has no church, no Christian witness, and, and gather people together in the center of the village and preach the gospel to people who have never heard of the name that is above every other name. And it's amazing because when you're preaching to people who have never heard, you got to like start from Genesis, right? Like the God, like the most high God who created everything and, and, and bring them through the, the, the garden and the fall and the problem of sin and, and redemption and the work on the cross and everything. And, and I got to preach to these people. And I'm telling you, the people of this village were listening with so much joy and so intently to the gospel message. And afterwards, I prayed for the sick. People were healed, like people were watching and people were healed and, and then I gave the salvation call and, and many of them responded to accept Jesus and they were crying and there was tears and it was just a beautiful experience. And my favorite part was there was a practicing Buddhist monk who listened and watched the entire time with a big smile on his face. Like this guy was loving everything he was hearing and everything he was seeing. And, and, and afterwards I prayed for him and I said, how do you feel? He said, I feel like I have peace in my heart. And he, he's, this is what he told me. He said, he said, listen, this is a brand new teaching to me. But if somebody comes and teaches me, I'll believe it and follow it. And I believe the whole village will believe it and follow it. So we, we, we're, we're planting a church there this year. Amen. We actually, someone in the village already committed to give us a piece of his land, right? So that we could come and build a church. We're going to be getting this done as quickly as possible, raising up a pastor and sending them to this village to teach them. And I'm believing for the whole village to get saved, starting with the Buddhist monks. <laughs> Amen. This is what I live for. Like this, this, like I, I love being here this morning, but no offense, I like being there more. Right? Like, I love going where they have no gospel witness and just and just turning on the lights of the gospel. Amen. Listen, church, light is not afraid of darkness. I hear people, they say, Oh, I can't go to those places. God bless you. No, no. Light, light can never be afraid of darkness. That's stupid. <laughs> Am I allowed to use that word in church? Right. For light to be afraid of darkness is stupid, right? Because all darkness is is the absence of light. We can go to the darkest place on earth. Jesus says, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We can go to the darkest place on earth. As soon as I show up, the lights turn on. <laughs> Amen? No one ever says, turn the darkness down. They say turn on the lights, right? So that's our heart. That's our primary focus, to go to where the darkest places we can get to and turn on the lights, right? And the second focus that we have is rescuing girls from human trafficking. And I've been involved in, in human trafficking work for eight years now. We now have three homes, two in India, one in Africa. We're already planning for many more. And by the grace of God, we've been able to rescue over 3,000 girls between the ages of four and 17.
And it's so amazing. I was just at our biggest home in India, which is a major project, five-story building in the middle of downtown Delhi. And, and uh, we have 36 staff there. We have a full-time lawyer, full-time counselors, a full-time rescue team, 11 guys that are undercover full-time. And I mean, it's a big operation there. And so I was just there uh, a couple of weeks ago overseeing the work. And the, it's the craziest thing about this ministry to me is being in our home with all these girls who I know their testimony. Every girl who's rescued, I get the full report of what she's been through her testimony. So I know their testimonies, right? And then to go there and to see them like healed, like laughing and dancing and worshiping and playing like normal kids, right? Like you would never know. I mean, the new girls you might, you might know, but the girls that have been there for a little while, you would never know what they've been through. And it's the most powerful display of the power of the, the life-changing power of the gospel that I've ever seen. So it's really an incredible ministry. I, I, I got to get to the word, so I can't share more, but, but come by uh, the table if you have any questions. We also have jewelry on the table that's made by our girls in India. We pay them to make jewelry and it goes into an account for them so that when they turn 18, they have some money to start their lives. And, uh, and then when I, I come to America, I, I buy all the jewelry from them. I come to America and I make it available as thank you gifts for donations. So uh, for anybody here who would like to sow a seed, who would like to make a donation to the ministry this morning, I want you to stop at that table. Make sure that you get a, a piece of jewelry from the girls so that you can just remember to continue to pray for them. Amen. That's our, that's our thank you gift to you. And we're actually raising money for something specific this morning. And that's the next trip. In less than two months, uh, I'm going to Uganda, and we're going to be doing a massive crusade in Koboko, Uganda, which is a 90% Muslim city. And uh, we're going to go have a massive open-air crusade in this 90% Muslim city, and we're going to be planting a church in Koboko. And it's amazing. We already planted a church right next door in Yumbe, uh, which is also, I think, like 98% Muslim place and, and historically has martyred every missionary, I think, that's ever gone there. But we already did a crusade and planted a church in Yumbe, and, uh, and now we're going to go to Koboko, which is right next door, and do the same thing. And it's amazing. When, we, when I was in Yumbe, I went to Koboko, and I said, we got to plant a church here. I was with my main partner in Uganda. I said, let's pray. Let's spend an extra day in Koboko and let's pray. This is the last time I was there. So we prayed one morning and then we went out to walk through the city. And in prayer, we just said, God, would you just show us what to do? Show us where to go. And I saw in prayer, I saw in the middle of a city, uh, of the city, I saw an uh, intersection and the spirit of the Lord said, turn left. So I told my friend and he says, okay, I saw, I saw a sloping, uh, a sloping hill with a grouping of, of grass huts. And this is in a city where there's not that many grass huts, really. It's mostly buildings, right? And, and so I said, okay, let's go. And so we walked into the city, and I saw the intersection that I had seen in prayer. I said, let's turn left. We turn left, and on the right side is a sloping hill with a grouping of grass huts. And as we're walking by the grass huts, someone from the middle of the huts yells out, Missouri, which in Swahili means welcome. Right? I said, okay. So we walked into these huts and we started talking. And it turns out that this small grouping of huts is entirely Christian. And everyone around them is Muslim. And there's no church in walking distance from, their, from where they live. And so they'd been praying that God would send somebody to plant a church in Kavoko 
right? So we already bought land. We've already raised money for the building. The building is being built as I speak, right? And, and it's going up. And so the last thing that we got to do is we got to raise money for the crusade. I still need to raise about $8,000 to be able to put on the crusade. And so that's, if you want to sow a seed to that today, I want to give you the opportunity to sow into Muslims hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And getting saved. And I'm believing God for at least 500 Muslims to come to Christ in that crusade. Amen? So you can show into that today. We so appreciate anything. There might, there might be someone here who says, hey, I can pay for that crusade. Huh. If your eyes just got big, it's not you. <laughs> or there might be someone here who says, man, I ain't got eight grand, but I got 80 bucks. Whatever you can do to help us put on this crusade is a tremendous blessing. Amen? All right, stand to your feet. We're going to pray. We're going to get into the word. I, I just want to take, uh, as we get ready to, to get into God's word, I want to take the next one to two minutes. Jesus says my house will be a house of prayer. One to two minutes is not a long time. <laughs> but for some people, it's a long time. But we're going to take one or two minutes, and I just want to ask you to begin to press into the presence of God. Just, be, just begin to worship Jesus. Begin to exalt his name. His name is above every other name. If you can name it, the name of Jesus is over it. Amen? His name is above whatever sickness you've been diagnosed with. His name is above all anxiety. His name is above all depression. His name is above every demonic spirit. Just begin to worship and exalt exalt the name of Jesus this morning. Jesus, we worship you in this place today. Mm. We exalt you, Jesus. We thank you that God has bestowed on you a name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you've given us access to your name. And God, I thank you that today, in the name of Jesus, bodies are going to be healed. <sighs> Minds are going to be restored. People are going to be set free. Addictions are going to break. Demonic strongholds are going to break today. In the name of Jesus. Hmm. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just move in this place in a powerful way. Even right now, God, begin to touch people. Even during the preaching of the word, that bodies would be healed. That chains would break. Holy Spirit, would you just open hearts, open minds, open ears to hear and receive the truth of the power of the name of Jesus. And Jesus, we promise to give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Because it's only you who saves, it's only you who heals, it's only you who delivers. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I want to preach to you for the re remainder of my very short time <laughs> this morning. I want to preach to you under the title, The Good News of the Name of Jesus. 
the good news of the name of Jesus. There's a story that I'm going to read in just a moment in Acts chapter 8 where an evangelist goes to the name Philip goes to the town of Samaria and the Bible says that specifically that he proclaimed to them the good news of the kingdom of God and the good news of the name of Jesus. And and and, and let me let me read it. Acts chapter 8 starting in verse 5. It says Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest. Look at it. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip... As he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Hallelujah. The first time I ever preached on this passage that I can remember was earlier this year. I was in a town in, in Uganda called Butalasia. Now, I, we've planted churches all over Uganda at this point in all the corners. We've planted churches, right? And, and uh, this was the first time when my team, I have a very strong team in Uganda. This was the first time they called me and said, Jesse, uh, I'm talking about we've planted in 98% Muslim cities. And we've planted in crazy places, right? This is the first time they called. They said, Jesse, can, can we please move the crusade and the church plant somewhere else? They said, Butalasia is too dark. Butalasia is too difficult. They said, they said, it's the worst witchcraft we've ever seen in all of Uganda. They said, not only that, but the primary religion is Muslim. And the few Christians that are there are Anglican. And they are our biggest opponents. They don't want us there. They said, they said literally nobody wants us to come to Butalasia. They said, can we please move the crusade and the church plant somewhere else? I, I, when I heard that church, I got excited in my spirit. I I got excited because I've come to understand that light shines brighter in the darkest places. If I was to turn a flashlight on in this room, you wouldn't notice, but if I turned a flashlight on in a cave, it would blind everyone, right? Light shines brighter in the darkest places. So I told my team, I said, listen, don't worry about it. We're going to fast. I call it a 20-day fast. We're all going to fast for 20 days. We're going to pray. We're going to prepare, and we're going to go, and we're going to see that God is more powerful than whatever demonic spirits of witchcraft or Islam or whatever else are at work in this town, right? We're going to see that the name of Jesus has power over every other name. Just pray fast and prepare. So, and I asked him, I said, how many people 
people can I, can I expect at the crusade? They said, brother, they said, maybe 500. That would be very small for us, right? I said, I said listen, don't worry about it. Just pray. We're going to go. Just pray. So we prayed. We fasted. We went. I'm telling you, it was one of the easiest, most amazing trips of my entire life. When we showed up, I saw what they meant. Really, nobody wanted us there the first day. The first day of the crusade, we only had like 300 people show up, right? And uh, but, but something happened at the end of the crusade. The Spirit of God moved. People were healed. Miracles broke out. Demons were cast out. People were saved. And news spread throughout the entire town so that by the third day of the crusade, there were 3,000 people in attendance because they heard of the miracles, just like in Samaria, they heard of the, of the crippled people walking, the demons coming out of people. So they told the entire area, they brought, one lady heard of the miracles. She literally checked her daughter who was dying of malaria in the hospital. She checked her out of the hospital, brought her to the crusade, and she was totally healed in an instant of malaria. The fever left her, it broke, and she was completely healed. Stories like that spread throughout the whole area. So then on the, on the third day, we had 3,000 hungry people in attendance and I preached to them on the good news of the name of Jesus and I told them just like in the story Samaria uh, was a place that was totally mesmerized by witchcraft and by a powerful witch doctor I said that's been Butalasia up until now but just like in, 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 in Samaria when they saw that the name of Jesus was more powerful than the name of Simon the entire town believed and was baptized I said that's good to be the testimony of Butalasia. <sighs> and wouldn't you know on that on that third night we saw hundreds of salvations we saw a thousand people all at once completely instantaneously healed without even laying hands <sighs> just by a prayer from the stage I th- I'm gonna show you a video at the end of the service you guys got to stick around you'll see this for yourself right I'm gonna show you a video at the end of the service I can't tell you how many people we baptize you can try and count in the video I don't have a count how many people are waiting in line to be baptized I've never seen Muslims come to Christ so easily we baptized so many Muslims and when we baptized them they were changing their names they said we don't want to I don't want to be Muhammad anymore I want to be Peter so they would change their names and then be baptized <laughs> And it's crazy, uh, on the third night of the crusade, we had people in the audience, in the crowd, who were doing witchcraft while I was preaching. They were waving branches around and doing all this nonsense, and I laughed at them from the stage. I said, if you think that could hurt me, I'd be dead a long time ago. Go ahead and wave your branches. No undeserved curse will ever land on me in Jesus' name, because the name of Jesus is above every curse. It's above all witchcraft, and I told them that from the stage and and wouldn't you know that even the next day one of those witch doctors who was there doing witchcraft in the crowd came to the opening service of the church repented of her witchcraft was delivered from demons was born again baptized in the holy ghost and baptized in water there's power in the name of jesus and that's what i came to talk to you about very briefly this morning is the good news of the name. 
the good news of the name. Church, I want you to understand the good news of the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you very quickly three points about the good news of the name. The first thing I want you to understand today is that the, the, the name of Jesus is good news for your physical healing. Amen? The name of Jesus is good news for your healing. I want you to know today that the name of Jesse has no power to heal you. Okay? In fact, somebody told me before the first service that Jesse's a girl's name. First thing that ever came out of his mouth to me, you know you have a girl's name. <laughs> I, I, I felt compelled, I felt led to tell him the story of a, of a prophet named Elisha. Where when he was going up for ministry, there was a couple kids who called him a bald head. You guys know the story. God sent two she-bears down and mauled them. But I already prayed for him. I said, God, she-bears are not necessary. In this case, just send some angry chihuahuas or something. <laughs> a swarm of mosquitoes. I don't know. <laughs> the she-bears aren't necessary. <laughs> but there's no power in the name of Jesse to heal anybody. But what I have is access to the power that's in the name of my king. What I have as his ambassador is access to the authority that's in the name of Jesus. That's what happens in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John are walking up to the, to the temple. The Bible says there's a man laying outside the temple who was crippled since birth. This guy's been crippled since the day he was born, and they lay him outside the temple. And for whatever reason, on this particular day, Peter was walking to the temple, and the Bible says he locked eyes with him. And Peter said, listen, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have I give to you in the name. of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. And the Bible says immediately his legs became strong and he leapt up and began leaping and praising God. What did Peter have? He had the name. There was no power in the name of Peter to perform the miracle, but he had access to the power that's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen to what he says. They asked him. They said, by what power did you do this miracle? Listen to what he says in Acts chapter 3, verse 16. This is Acts 3, 16. Listen to what he says. He says, on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man. What strengthened him? The name. It was the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And he says, and the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health. Somebody say perfect health. Ah, the name of Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. He says, what was the power that healed the man? It was the name of Jesus. He said, what was the vehicle that brought that power to earth? It was faith in his name. Church, I want you to know the name of Jesus always has power to heal. But we got to have faith in his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It takes faith in his name. The name of Jesus is not less powerful in certain situations than other situations. But we got to have faith in his name. He says the name of Jesus has made this man strong and given him perfect health. And our faith in his name. 
Hallelujah. The name of Jesus is good news for your healing church. In the name of every sickness has to bow to the power of the name of Jesus. The Bible says that God has bestowed on him a name that is above every other name. That's good news, church. Uh, that means that if you can put a name to it, the name of Jesus has power over it. Hallelujah. Uh, church, this is exciting. This is listen. One thing you got to understand about me is if I don't know that I have you convinced, I'm just going to stay on this point for the next hour. <clears throat> I'll just keep preaching. I'll go through every miracle of Jesus in all the gospels until I know that I have you convinced, right? So the later it gets in the time, the hungrier you get for lunch. Just throw out some amens here and there, and I'll be encouraged to move on. <laughs> Amen. But I can, you got to know this. The name of Jesus has enough power to heal every single body in this room completely this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> the next thing I want you to understand about the good news of the name. I want you to know this morning that the name of Jesus is good news for your deliverance. <clears throat> The name of Jesus is good news for your freedom. There's a, there's a passage in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus sends out his 72 closest followers to go and preach and to heal and to deliver. They come back. Later in Luke chapter 10, they say, Lord, because the Bible says they come back with joy. They're stoked. They're excited, right? So they come back with joy. They say, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. In your name. Church, I want you to know that every devil in hell is subject to you in the name of Jesus. Every demonic spirit that has tried to attack you, every addiction, every fear, every anxiety, every depression is subject to you in the name of Jesus. Listen again, there's no power in the name of Jesse over the devil. Right? The devil's not afraid of the name of Jesse, but what he's afraid of is a guy named Jesse who understands the power of the name of Jesus. Amen? God gives you victory over the devil. Every demonic spirit that has tried to attack you until now, you're going to begin to tread on his head when you understand the power in the name. Hallelujah? There's another story in Acts where there's a woman with a spirit of divination, a spirit of witchcraft, who's following Paul and she's yelling and out things and he becomes annoyed. The Bible says in Acts 16 verse 18, and she was doing this for many days. And Paul, having been greatly annoyed and having turned to the spirit, said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. I, I gotta, we can't command anyone in the name of Jesse, in the name of Paul, in the name of Pastor Chris. But I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, depart from her. And the Bible says it went out that very hour. <clears throat> Church, Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, these signs will accompany those who believe. The first sign that Jesus lists, he says, in my name, 
they will cast out devils. <sighs> That's the first one he lists, church. Every demonic spirit that's been attacking you or your family has to bow to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But it takes faith in his name, church. There's another story in Acts chapter 16 <laughs> where seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva, they try to go, they try to go use the same formula. The, the Bible says that these seven Jewish, Jewish kids go into a house with a very powerful uh, demoniac uh, who, who, who is just, uh, had superhuman strength because of his possession, right? And these seven guys go in to try to deal with this guy, and they say, we adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Huh. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> he said, we adjure you by that one Jesus we heard of because Paul did it, Right? And it says, the guy in whom was the demons mastered all of them, all seven of them, beat them up, stripped them naked, and sent them out of the house humiliated. He said, Jesus, I know, but, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? Why didn't it work? Isn't there power in the name of Jesus? <sighs> but they had no faith in the name. They weren't walking in submission to the name. They had no right to the power that's in the name of Jesus because they hadn't called on that name as Lord. <sighs> Amen? But when you're walking in submission to the king and you have faith in the name of Jesus, every devil in hell has got to bow to you in his name. Amen? Mm. The third thing I want you to know this morning very quickly, let the, let the team come, worship team. Play some music so I remember to stop talking. It really helps me. <laughs> if there's no music going in the background, I don't remember. I have to stop. <clears throat> the, third, the third thing that I want you to know about the name of Jesus is that the name of Jesus is good news for your salvation. The Bible says that there is no other name under heaven given unto men by which we must be saved. It's only in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is good news for the salvation of your souls. Listen, church, all the other stuff is just the benefits, right? It's, it's, just, it's just extra. All the healing, all the deliverance, every, it's just extra. The main thing is the eternal salvation of your souls. That's what matters. That's what matters the most. You know, the Bible says in, in the Psalms, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He, he redeems my life from the pit. He satisfies my life with good. That's all wonderful and it's exciting, but it's just the benefits. The main thing is where will you spend eternity? The salvation of your souls. And the name of Jesus is good news for your salvation. The Bible says it will come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How are you saved, church? By calling on the name. There is power in the name of Jesus to save your souls. 
It says everyone who calls on the name. Everyone. Look at your neighbor. Tell him everyone. Look at him. Tell him even you. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Some of you enjoyed that second part too much. <laughs> everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter what your background is. You could be the biggest sinner in all of hermitage. It doesn't matter what religion you were born into. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are. It doesn't matter your race, your ethnicity. It doesn't... The, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Mm. Church, I called on the name of Jesus 15 years ago. I've been a Christian for 15 years. I'm just a teenager. 15 years ago, it was my third time in prison when I called on the name of Jesus. I was a total knucklehead. Pastor Chris said, how many remember your, your high school locker? Con I don't even remember high school. <laughs> I don't even remember what my high school looked like. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I put the high in high school. I was a drug addict. I was a drug dealer. I was a mean, evil, violent individual. Huh. It's my third time in prison. I'd been, I had multiple felonies on my record. By God's grace, they, they were all expunged two years ago. <laughs> I was arrested for armed robbery and unlawful imprisonment. I'm trying to tell you, church, I was a crazy guy. I was a crazy guy. It was my third time in prison when my cellmate invited me to go to the chapel with him. And honestly, the, I don't, he, was, he was not someone who you would think was an upstanding Christian. <laughs> but for whatever reason, he wanted to go to the chapel and he wanted me to go with him. It's amazing. God will use anybody. God will use anybody to get a hold of you, right? And so this guy says, you want to go to the chapel? I'm like, sure, why not, man? Let's go to the chapel. So we went to the chapel and I was sitting in the chair and there was a worship band that was playing music and nobody talked to me. Nobody prayed for me. I was just sitting in the chair and I began to think, like, I don't want, I don't want this life anymore. I don't want the drugs. I, like, I, I just want to start over. I want to turn away from everything, right? And, and it was a moment of repentance and I didn't know what to call it at the time, but it was a moment of repentance. I didn't want all of the evil things in my life anymore. And in that moment of repentance, the Holy Spirit met me in such a way where if you've not had this experience personally, it's extremely difficult to describe, right? But I, I felt the manifest power and the presence of God coursing through my entire body like electricity, right? Like, like I could physically feel the presence and the power of God. And it was the most beautiful peace and love filled feeling that I had ever felt in my life and I realized in that moment everything else was a cheap imitation all the drugs all the highs I chased it was a cheap imitation of the joy and the freedom that we're meant to experience in the presence of God and I told God in that moment I said God if that's you that's what I've been searching for and I dropped to my knees in front of 50 felons I didn't care. 50 hard. This was, I was, this was a state penitentiary. 
I didn't care. I forgot where I was. I dropped to my knees in front of 50 felons and I surrendered to Jesus. And as I was on my knees, I had my eyes closed, but I saw Jesus clearly standing in front of me in the spirit. And he stretched out his hand to me. And this is what's so crazy, church, because I always believed that there was probably some kind of God, but I believed I didn't really like him and he certainly didn't like me. Right? <laughs> but, but when Jesus appeared to me, there was no anger. There was no condemnation. There, were, there was nothing that I had imagined God to be. There was only an invitation. He said three words to me. That's it. He stuck out his hand and he said, are you ready? Are you ready? That's all he said to me. And I, and, and I realized in that moment that the God of the universe had been waiting my entire life for me to be ready. <laughs> he said, are you ready? He never held himself back from me. I only held myself back from him. He was waiting the entire time for me to be ready. <clears throat> you know, since then I've looked back on my life before Jesus and I've seen all the times that God tried to get my attention. I've seen that he sent friends into my life who believed and tried to talk to me. I've seen that, that I have praying families, family members. I, I, I've seen that, that, that where he's protected me when I've had guns pulled on me, when I should have died, when I should have overdosed. How many times he protected me and I realized the whole time my entire life he was just waiting for me to be ready. Just like the prodigal father was waiting for his son to come home. And the son thought, oh, my father probably hates me at this point. You know, maybe I can just be his slave. But the father was just waiting for him to come home so that he could embrace him. That was 15 years ago, church. I called on the name of Jesus. I was on my knees for probably another 15 minutes. I forgot where I was. <laughs> it was not that fun when I opened my eyes and remembered. <laughs> But I didn't even care, man. I, I stood up 15 minutes later a different person. I had a, I had a new heart. I had a new mind. I stood up praying in tongues. Like, like it was that crazy of an experience. To the, everyone thought I went nuts. Like I, I, and I didn't know how long I was going to have to stay. It was like my, literally, I think it was my 32nd probation violation. Right? So I had no idea how long I was going to have to stay in. But I went, I think it was the next day or a couple days later, I went before the, 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 the people who determined that and they told me you can leave in two weeks so I only had to stay in for two more weeks and I'm telling you that two weeks in prison was the freest I had ever felt in my entire life and I went from being the most angry person you could ever imagine like if you looked at me wrong I was probably going to try to fight you right I was so angry to from that moment 15 years ago I can't stop smiling uh. It's become a problem. My face hurts. I get cramps in my cheeks, right? I can't. I, he filled me with so much joy in that moment. Everyone thought I went nuts. That, that, like literally the rest of my time, I was on my bunk reading the Bible and like smiling at people. They're like, don't talk to Jesse. He finally snapped. <laughs> he lost it. <clears throat> Church, I wanted to tell you that story today. Because the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. 
is now 15 years later. And I've traveled to 30-some countries preaching the gospel. I've seen tens of thousands of people come to Christ. We've planted dozens of churches across four continents, rescued thousands of girls from human trafficking. I have a beautiful family, a beautiful home, three beautiful children. Like 15 years ago, I had nothing. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. All I did, church, was surrender. All I did was call on the name of the Lord. If you guys stand to your feet, we're going to close in prayer. But I believe that the Spirit of God is in this place this morning. And I believe that the same God that met me at my lowest moment in that prison chapel is here today. And he's asking people that same question. Are you ready? Are you ready to go all in? Are you ready to surrender? Are you ready to call on the name of the Lord and be saved? And if you're here today and if you don't know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today that you would go be with Jesus in heaven for eternity. If you don't know what would happen if you die. If you don't know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're saved. I want to give you the opportunity this morning to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. And you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt as you walk out of here this morning that you're in right standing with God. Because the Bible promises everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So in just one moment, if that's you and you say, I need to call on his name. I need to be saved today. I need to trust in Jesus for salvation. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a moment so we can pray together. <clears throat> And what this prayer is going to be, it's going to be a prayer of putting your faith in Jesus, asking for forgiveness, and making him the Lord of your life, surrendering to him. So if that's you this morning and you say, I need to call on the name of Jesus, with every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, you say, I need to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Would you just lift up your hand wherever you are so we can pray together? Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see you. Is there anyone else you say, I need to call on Jesus today? <sighs> thank you, I see you. I'm gonna get, thank you, I see you in the back. I'm going to give it just another minute. If there's anyone else, thank you, I see you too. Anyone else who says, today's the day I need to surrender to Jesus as the Lord of my life. <sighs> thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to repeat this after me. And we can all join in and give, the, give our new brothers and sisters some support. But I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God and that you died on a cross for my sins. I believe that you rose on the third day. And, and I know that I've made mistakes and that I need forgiveness. And I ask you to forgive me today. And today, I call on the name of Jesus. I surrender to you. You are my Lord. 
And from this day forward, I'm yours. And I thank you that I'm saved, that I'm forgiven, that I'm accepted, and that I'm your child now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give God a round of applause. The Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 righteous persons in need of no repentance. I think we've had 10 people today, so there's a massive party in heaven going on this morning over what's happening in Hermitage, Pennsylvania. Hallelujah. And listen, church, we're going to close with a song. I'm going to ask the team to lead us in worship. We're just going to spend a few moments worshiping the king as we close this service. But if you're here today and you need healing in your physical body or you need to be set free, uh, maybe it's anxiety or depression or addiction or whatever's been plaguing you, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. The Bible says where two people agree on anything as in touching it, it will be done for them. So I want to agree with you this morning that in the name of Jesus, it will be done. Hallelujah.